What's up everybody and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to B2B Made Simple. It's good to have you here once again. Uh, my guest today is the Senior Vice President of Marketing at Mediafly, Johan Abadi. Johan, I appreciate you joining me here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to jump into some, some B2B marketing stuff. Um, you and I follow each other on LinkedIn a bit, and I'm pretty excited about this conversation. Um, before that, um, an off-the-cuff question. Are you a Pepsi guy or a Coke guy? What do you like? Do you drink soda? Neither. I don't drink soda. But when I did, uh, I drank Pepsi, actually. Pepsi. Okay. So that there we go. So Pepsi guy, I think I go back and forth. I don't really care either way. So I like them both. Pepsi but, is um, one of our customers, I have to tell you. So you should go with Pepsi. That's what oh, I okay. I'll do that. <laughs> There's a nice plug right there. Um, so Mediafly, how did you end up getting to where you are today? Give us a background for a minute or two on your marketing um, journey, I guess I should well, say. I am an accidental marketer, to say the least. I mean, I have uh, originally, I'm a chemist uh, who went to business school and uh, back in France, as you can tell, I'm not from here. I immigrated in the US uh, late 90s and uh, started working for small companies in the chemical space. Got mm -hmm. sick of dealing with people from um, academia and switch into the business world. And I got exposed to uh, the uh, startup tech space, loved it, held several roles uh, within this tech space from marketing to sales, to biz dev, to product development, to supply chain development, to partnerships, to everything under the sun. And um, one day a CEO, uh, after actually letting uh, our uh, VP of marketing go, uh, told me, I want you to lead marketing. And my answer was absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not an arts and crafts guy. This is not going to happen. And he was, no, actually, I want your scientific mind uh, in the marketing space. And it was six years ago. And uh, I know he didn't have the foresight to see that data would be so much of uh, so important to the day-to-day -day operations. So mm -hmm. I've been building basically my marketing chops with, uh, with uh, content data analytics, uh, demand gen over the, last, uh, over the last few years. And I ended up at Mediafly. Uh, the CEO of Mediafly will tell you that we met over 10 years ago. He tried to uh, hire me back then. It didn't work out. I had another offer. I went another route. And uh, he asked me to do some consulting for his marketing team. It was about three-ish years ago. And uh, two years ago, I was, guys, I'm ready to move and uh, would love to join your team. That's how I ended up at Mediafly. I love it. That's that's a cool story. Um, so let's jump right into the agenda. Uh, I mean, an overall theme for today is that we need to stop 
over automating our marketing. Um, so let's open up with that. Why do you believe that? Why, why is that a core belief of yours um, that marketing is, is well over automated and we need to scale it back? Yeah, but imagine, so you're designing websites. Um, do you think you're selling to robots? I mean, this is as simple as this is yeah. if, if we're selling to human beings. So if we try to automate everything at every stages of every interaction, so we're taking the, this human element, element out of it, we're taking out the personalization that makes you connect with people. So that's why I try to automate as much as I can, but I'm very careful about automating the things that should be automated. Mm -hmm. Um, and an example that you just sparked for me, I was talking to someone, um, yesterday, I found out they were a Yankees fan and I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. And I sent, I, I do template uh, a lot of my responses just because I sent a lot of the same ones. So I, I put it in email. It's not necessarily automated. Um, and I, I was like, man, I should bring up Yankees because that was something we connected on. And if that was automated and it just went out, I mean, we would have lost that touch. And I mean, Maybe it didn't spark with him at all that I said Yankees, but it was important to me um, to be able to make that that tiny little sentence change because I knew the guy on a deeper level. Is that what you're referring to? Exactly, exactly. And and imagine this is I'm I'm getting automated emails every day, all the time, all day. The mm -hmm. ones I'll pay attention to are the ones who have paid a little more attention to who it is that I am and what I care about. Mm -hmm. If you're sending me an automated email, like you're sending to 150 people, I'm not opening your email, but you talk to me when you, when, when you send the email. So I opened it. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I, know, I guess it helps. So when it comes to automating, are you, are you specifically referring to uh, outbound marketing or are we talking inbound oh. and really anything? I, I think, I think it's anything. Uh, I, I think that there is a, uh, the automation level. Uh, will increase or decrease based on what you're doing. For outbound, you have to do more automation. Uh, than, uh, actually, for outbound, it depends on who you are going after. So we are tiering our accounts. So a tier one account, we will have way more personalization than a tier two account. On a tier three account, we will have little personalization. It will still put some, uh, some personalization. When it's inbound, you can automate a lot, a lot more because they already came in, you already, you already, you already hooked them, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, so a can answer uh, to a content download or a demo request is perfectly acceptable. Mm -hmm. But that, I would stop there. Then you're gonna have your discovery call. Then you need to make sure that you are, uh, you are, uh, you are personalizing, personalizing that discovery call uh, mm -hmm. correctly. So you have to interact with the person. That's my take on it at least. Yeah. Um an argument, maybe if, if we were to post this on LinkedIn today, we might get some people chirping about like, hey, we need to automate more. Um, what would you say to them? Because maybe their argument might be, uh, well, how do we scale then? Well, I mean, of, of course you have to, uh, let's put it this way. There is the, the, the biggest, uh, I think that the, 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 the biggest currency that uh, we all have is, uh, is time. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure that you are not working harder but working smarter. So automate all of the tasks that you can, you can confidently automate. And I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll, I'll give you a specific, a specific example. You can automate the reporting that you're getting on traffic on your website. Would you automate the analytics, the analysis of, uh, of, of that traffic? 
I think there are a lot of limitations that would come into, uh, into play because you're aggregating a lot. You have to grow granular to understand really what is happening. So there are, they are steps that you have to ruthlessly automate because they are highly repetitive and you can uh, trust the data that you're getting from them. But they are all the things that uh, requires a human layer uh, to it. And I actually, I literally created even a role uh, for that uh, in, uh, in our company um, to, uh, to basically sieve through uh, intent data. We're using an ABM platform mm -hmm. and would basically tell our, uh, our sales team, hey, this company is showing intent. And we can, we can kind of tell the type of subjects uh, based on what we are tracking, they are interested in. Which, in our opinion, in my opinion, as a marketer, is I'm not doing uh, a, a, an arranged marriage on this one. I'm giving you some background on what it is they are interested in. So you should, yeah, you should use that in your outreach, in your emails, in your calls uh, to 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 get them interested. But what what we saw is that because we were sending so much accounts and so many. Uh, uh, contacts with some intent level that it was noise for them, complete noise. So I, I really work really hard on automating, basically um, filtering out the noise from the signals. And I worked out on actually uh, creating a role that would help them, that would basically give them the level of granularity for the information that they need to use in their outreach. So what we did with that is we freed up time on the sales rep calendar, they spend 70% of the time not selling. Literally, 70, it's shocking. Your sales people spend 70% of the time doing something else than selling. So we are automating the, some of these tasks with other human beings or with data. But would I automate a first call to, uh, to, uh, to a prospect with, uh, with, uh, with uh, one of the fancy algorithms that you can use for a uh, Interaction with customer? Hell no. Mm -hmm. No, it's too important, especially in our space. Yeah, um, I, I really agree. There's like, especially in marketing, the the outbound, just the noise. You said you you delete every single email that hits your inbox. It's not personal. I'm the same way with LinkedIn DMs. I get, I've seen scripts come from multiple people that are identical. And it's like, really, you couldn't have done it a little bit better. Um, so when it comes to that sort of thing, just the noise, and even like websites, like chatbots on websites, they're automated and they're a pain to use. I don't, I don't even use them. Um, I would prefer like a sales rep on the other side. Are you kind of in the same boat in that area? Actually, I literally, it's funny you mentioned the chatbot because uh, I, we uh, tested Drift two years ago um, mm -hmm. and uh, didn't really like it because Drift, the outlook that they have is try to automate almost everything. Mm -hmm. And at the time, this is at least the way I, uh, I understood what they wanted to do for us. So you had to create, uh, to create automation uh, for each and every of these uh, uh, ICPs or personas you wanted to interact with. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work out very, very well. And then I got introduced to Qualified. And the, the goal with Qualified was to make sure that they get someone to speak to the right person as quickly as possible while fil filtering out the noise. Mm -hmm. So we're telling you, we're collecting data on who you are. 
which company, which industry, which persona you, uh, you are, and what type of solutions you are looking uh, at or for. And we'll get you in touch with a human being as soon as possible. Again, yeah. I would say, you know, the B2B acronym is something that I don't like very much. And with my team, I use H2H all the time. Yeah. Humans, <laughs> a, human. a company is never going to buy your product. A human being or human beings are going to make a decision to buy your product. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it's so true. Um, I'm a huge proponent of that as well. Um, without diving too much into like the secret sauce for you guys, um, and if you want to pass on the question, it's perfectly fine. But what are some things that you guys do automate at Mediafly? So we do automate a lot of the, uh, so we have an EBM platform. So we have some intent data that are coming in. So mm -hmm. we're pushing all of this intent data. So from uh, our ABM platform, from G2, from our website, and we're building dashboards that will basically put, put some accounts uh, into quadrants. If it's on the top right, we're good. They are highly engaged with us. They have a high level of intent. If they are on the bottom right, there is a playbook for it. If they're on the top left, we need more advertising on this. Let's look at their, uh, their intent data and design some, uh, some ads for this. Um, mm -hmm. What we try to automate as much as possible uh, are the sequences that we have. So we have templates, but you do an 80-20 uh, for this. Is 20% uh, of, of it should be personalized, usually the subject line and the first one or the two, uh, two, two lines that you put on there. And the rest is very templatized because there is so many ways to uh, describe something. Yeah. But usually what I've seen is most of the time salespeople think that they, can, they are great writers and uh, it might not be as good as they think they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's why you, you let them just fill out a little bit, um, but have the main structure there. That's an interesting way to do it. Correct. And, and also it's making sure that they're spending as much time as possible talking to their customers. Because if you have to you know, reach out to 10, 10, 10, 10 or 15 people uh, every other hour, and you have to craft the specific emails from them uh, every time, it's a huge time sink there. I mean, there is no way you'll be able to, uh, to, to reach the number of people that you need to meet the pipeline requirements that you have. So we do try to automate and templatize as much of this while remembering that the personalization piece is a big part of who we are and how we want to interact with people. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say to someone uh, at a B2B company, B2B marketer, uh, hey, you can automate other things, but if you have to stop automating one thing right now, and never automate it again, what would you tell them? All of your emails. Mm. Stop automating all of your emails. Stop sending canned emails to everyone. It's just not working. Mm -hmm. Look at your I, mailbox. I don't open them. You don't open them. <laughs> but look at your mailbox. You look at the inbox and they have all of the same structure for the subject line, all of the same opener for the preview that you're seeing. You know, I see that you are... Johan, with Mediafly, SVP of this. I mean, I know it's a canned email. I'm not going to open it. So stop doing this. Um, yeah. It's not working well. I mean, look at your open rates and your reply rates. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, if you use Outreach or SalesLoft, the data, that's one of the things that I learned from uh, one expression I uh, heard from uh, Andy Cristodina, someone that I really uh, like and uh, follow. Don't bring an opinion to a data fight. It's not about what you think is working. It's about the data uh, telling you it is working. And, uh, and we're, doing, uh, we're doing a lot of that uh, ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. For me, I think the open rates can even be extremely misleading. So this outbound team that's looking at the open rates, they see that I open their email, they're celebrating. I open the email to mark them as, or to unsubscribe. And then I mark them as spam because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. done, like, please stop emailing me. So yeah, I don't, yeah. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's part of it, right? Because when you're doing, especially when you're doing, when you're doing, you know, people talk about ABM all the time. We talk about ABX. And again, I didn't come up with the acronym, not that smart, but uh, ABX is account-based everything. So you have to do account-based selling. But when you are going after an account, it's not like you are sending an email to them. You are sending an email to them. You ping them on LinkedIn. Uh, you're sending them a video. You target them uh, also through a, through a display ad. So you, do, you, you blitz them. You saturate the airwaves, so to speak, right? But you are top of mind. And uh, think of the number of times you have interacted with someone uh, you're not familiar with. doesn't happen. You don't buy something from a brand you have never heard of or which was not recommended to you. Mm-hmm. So yes, the open rate is, uh, is, is misleading, but the open rate is part of a bigger play that you have. But you still need to use the open rate to define how well uh, your, uh, your, uh, your sequences are designed. If your open rate goes up, you'll have to benchmark against yourself at all time. Mm-hmm. If your open rate, open rate goes up, and you have more conversations, clearly you're doing something right. Yeah, exactly. You can use your intuition to figure that out. It's not rocket science, right? Exactly. It is not rocket science. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how do you guys, or how would you recommend a company couple personalization with automation? Um, I know you brought up the 80-20 rule, which I think that's a really cool idea. Um, the, the templates there, you give the liberty to make some adjustments in the beginning. Do you have any other suggestions to, to help keep the scalability there as well as the personalization? I don't have, I haven't cracked that code yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I can tell you this is I try to automate a lot of things with Drift. I try to automate a lot of things with the outreach. And I came to the conclusion that uh, the, 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 the sales cycles, I mean, people are on a journey when they are buying. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to put them into boxes. You know, if someone downloads a guide, then it means that they are top level funnel. If someone requests a demo, it means that they are in the purchase stage. And mm-hmm. all of the data I've been crunching doesn't really show this. Yes, there are some trends, but it's it, it depends. It really depends. Mm-hmm. So I would say there are a lot of things. Be first look at the things that are repeatable. And the things that you can gather actionable data on, if the data is not really trustworthy, like you were saying about the email, it's a good insight. I mean, I haven't thought of this, but there are still proxies that you can use. Mm-hmm. I don't use only uh, only uh, the open rate. I use the click-through rate and the reply rate to define mm-hmm. that. Just like with Google Analytics, I don't look only at the number of viewers on my site. I look at the bounce rate based on the channel, because it's going to be different from display to direct to organic and all that stuff. But I'll also look at the number of pages. uh, And I will also look at the amount of time on the website and whether or not they convert. And so by looking at this, just if I, if I told you 100 without any context, it's just, what does that mean? (laughs) But if you put in context, a hundred emails sent and we got 30% open rate, 
3% click-through rate and 2% reply rate, then you can build something from that. So look at what you can measure and what you are, uh, what you are comfortable um, automating based on this uh, data that uh, you are gathering. And I'm, I'm comfortable right now with our sequences, seeing what works and what doesn't work and looking at the data and be clearly the subject line is not working. Clearly people are not clicking on the, uh, on the, on the link that we have and mm. they're not getting any responses. So it's not resonating with them. So let's go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a brand new segment that we're introducing to the show. Uh, we've been doing it for a few weeks now um, is where you become the podcast host and ask me a question that might be on your mind in, in regards to marketing or whatever it is. Um, so I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Do you have any questions that is that's on your mind that you want to ask me? Uh, many. I'll focus on a couple. But uh, what is this, uh, this uh, piece of tech that you have in your tech stack you can't live without? Um, I would say Hotjar. The, it's the you can basically see what people are doing on your website. Um, man, the insights that we can get from that are pretty incredible. Um, yeah. And it, it takes a little bit of intuition because it doesn't tell you where people are reading per se, but you can tell by the habits of where someone is scrolling, um, where they're hovering, where their eyes are going. Um, so you can see what content is being read. You can obviously see where people are clicking um, just with the heat maps and the screen replays. Um, so man, that would, that would probably be the top, uh, MarTech piece that we use uh, here at our company. Love it as well. Love uh, Hotjar. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and we are both uh, SEO guys, but you are an expert. I can't put myself in this category. So what are your uh, SEO uh, go-to uh, resources? So believe it or not, um, we don't really focus on SEO as a service or for us. Um, and I'll explain why. Um, we've found that a lot of our buyers it's through relationship or through the demand that we've built in an awareness channel. Um, so that's why I'm super active on LinkedIn is because I want to be top of mind for when someone does need us because we don't, like I said, we don't put much work into SEO because not a lot of B2B companies are going to, to Google to try and find a web dev team. It's who's the connection that they have, who have they been seeing content for? And I mean, full transparency, that's our LinkedIn strategy is to offer value and hopefully we'll be top of mind. So between a podcast that offers value to our ideal buyers and LinkedIn organic, we really don't spend any time on SEO. So I know I didn't really get you too much information for you that helps, but um, that's how we look at it for us. Amazing. Don't you think that you could benefit from a specific, uh, specific, uh, very, very popular uh, expressions people are using actually to find people like you though because this is this is how I see the internet right the internet is mm -hmm. a stack mm -hmm. SEO is the magnifier to uh, find uh, find 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 the people or, or the uh, the answers that you are looking for so I think it goes both ways mm -hmm. oh yeah I mean I have nothing against SEO one the one of the main reasons that we didn't do it is because we wanted to focus on a couple of things first and really well. So will we get a blog rolling down the road? Probably. Um, that, that can definitely be something on the horizon. But um, we were just like, look, podcast and LinkedIn is something that we're going to hit really hard um, and steer a different direction from what other companies might be doing. So 
Um, I'll let you know how it goes in, in a couple of years. And yeah, nothing against SEO by any means. Um, but this is it's not really something we do. Yeah, you're doing, it looks like you're doing pretty good so far. Mm-hmm. And you have to focus. I mean, actually, this is one of the things I would always ask is, which social media outlets do you focus on? Is just really, you want several of them? Because it's really, really hard. When you have to go on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and, and TikTok and, uh, and, and YouTube, I mean, target, tackling all of them and doing a good job is really, really hard. You almost need a, a full-time person for each of them. Mm-hmm. So I focus on a couple as well. Yeah, that's the, the same thing here. I mean, we hit LinkedIn hard. Um, I did toy around with Twitter for a little while. Um, I, I actually didn't really like it, so I deleted my Twitter. Um, as for like up and coming, I, I love consuming content on TikTok. I don't know how the B2B space is going to adapt to that maybe down the road. Um, but it does have the gears turning for me because it's more than kids on there. Um, I see a ton of people and it's, it's where it's an awareness channel. It's where you go to consume content. So I'm sure it will begin to get flooded with, um, first it'll be B2C and then obviously B2B will follow down the road. Yeah. I'll wait on this one. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I can't be a trailblazer. I mean, it's, if I can't, if I can't look at the data and make sense out of the data, then uh-huh. yeah, I, I I wouldn't be able to automate the things that I want to automate, mm-hmm. and yep. uh, it would become it would become overwhelming for our team to handle. So yeah, and at the end of the day, it would probably turn into shiny object syndrome, um, which right. is a trap that a lot of marketers, myself included, for sure, um, fall into. I mean, I was trying, I toyed with Clubhouse. I saw a lot of marketers on there. Um, and it just wasn't for me. I just didn't think it was there yet. I've heard a couple of um, theories about like, look, they're not doing it really well at Clubhouse. It'll probably be um, bought out and redone on a more mature platform. So why waste the time? Um, but I did try it and it just wasn't really for us. I, can't, I am an Android guy, so they have it only for the uh, iPhone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, I get it. That's all right. Um, well, Johan, I appreciate you joining me here. Um, before we go, uh, give us the elevator pitch of Mediafly. Um, what is it exactly that you guys do? Well, think of it. We actually empower all uh, customer uh, facing uh, people in your company uh, to uh, offer really engaging and interactive interaction uh, with the content to their buyers. That's, that's what we do better than anyone else. Um, most of the other uh, sales enablement platform uh, empower just your reps, allow them to find the content easily and share it easily. We do a, 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 an extra layer on this with some really interactive and engaging content. And we offer actionable data to all people using our platform. We see who is consuming it. We allow you to personalize it. Going back to the personalization piece of things, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, think, of, uh, think of the experience. Our CEO describes it as you enjoy your experience over the weekend and you go from the weekend experience and your cool, uh, uh, your cool interface on the Disney or Netflix. And then you go on Salesforce and during the week and it's horrendous. We think that the dashboard that are offered uh, to people in, in our interface or uh, what we are sharing with, uh, with the audience should be as compelling as the experience that uh, they have come to love and enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think we do a little better than, uh, than the other players. Oh, awesome. Well, Johan, again, thanks so much for joining me. Um, 
we haven't, I don't think we've had anybody ever talk about uh, automation to this extent on the show. This, so this is something new. Um, it's been good to have you here. I appreciate you taking the time, man. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure.